Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. If you are a builder, remodeler, or contractor, this is your go-to resource for business growth strategies, as well as marketing and sales tactics. On this show, you'll hear from industry leaders, construction professionals in the trenches, and from our team of digital marketing experts here at Builder Funnel. If you're not growing, you're moving backward. So we want you to always be in growth mode. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to another edition of the growth series here on Builder Funnel Radio. Today, we are going to talk about branding versus marketing. And for a lot of you, those may seem like the same topic. I know for a while, I kind of looked at those as uh, very similar things. But as I started to progress in my marketing career, started to see those as very different activities and actually was pretty down on branding. And I really got behind marketing. I looked at campaigns as very trackable, very measurable. And I'm a numbers guy, so I liked the data aspect of that. And so, um, you know, digital marketing made a ton of sense to me because you could track everything down to the granular level. You could see clicks coming from Google, from organic search, you know, from social media, from other websites, uh, from paid efforts, everything was coming through the website and you could see that original source, you could see where leads were coming from and ultimately where your customers are com- were coming from and you could track it back to that original source. And I really looked at branding through kind of a negative lens and I felt like, eh, you know, it's just, you just spend money on things to get your name out there, but it was all like impressions and awareness and these kind of fluffy, you know, metrics, so to speak. And it never seemed to tie back to anything tangible. Um, However, over the last couple of years, I've really changed my tune on that. I read a couple of really good books on branding that kind of explained uh, kind of the science behind branding and a little bit more of the detail behind it that kind of unlocked, uh, I guess, unlocked that for me in my mind on on the power of branding and, and the role that it plays overall. And so, Today, I really want to kind of dive into those two elements and kind of talk about both the importance of marketing, but also the power of branding and the role that that plays. So uh, we're going to dive in here and talk about a few different examples. All right, so let's talk about a couple of specifics. And, you know, when we're talking about branding, I always thought, you know, that's for the big companies, you know, Coke, uh, Nike, companies like this that you just keep seeing commercials, you know, they're on TV, billboards, and you just figure, eh, these companies, they've got so much money, and so they can just afford to just throw money at these, you know, big media outlets and get a bunch of exposure. But like I said, over the last couple of years, I've kind of changed my tune on branding, and I realized that these companies, they really got that way because of the consistency of their brand, and they, they didn't just do those things once they were big actually, the bigger they got, the bigger they got. And that's kind of how branding works is that the more exposure you get, then more people are aware of you, they start buying your products, and those people tell other people and you start to get bigger. And obviously, then you get more resources, and you can show up in more places. But a lot of what's behind the brand is, you know, consistency and also values or how you actually connect emotionally to a brand. And so I always like to go through this exercise of, you know, sit there as you're listening to this, think about, what are a couple of brands that really resonate with you or you really connect with? For me, there are a couple that come to mind. Uh, Under Armour is one of those. And so I don't, I don't buy Nike products. Um, I 
very much connect with Under Armour. And when I really think about it, why would I buy Under Armour? It's not because their shoes are so superior or they make a shirt that's way better than Nike's. You know, you could probably argue that they're almost identical. And same with if you looked at Reebok or Adidas, any of these other athletic apparel brands, uh, they carry a pretty much the same product, you know, whether that's a shirt, you know, shorts, shoes, you know, there's slight variations. And really at the end of the day, the differentiator tends to be brand. And so for me, that personal connection to Under Armour started when I played football in college. And that was about the time when they came out with a couple of their early commercials that were the, you know, click clack, you hear us coming. Um, and it was kind of this underdog mentality. And it was super cool. It was a little bit edgy. Um, they were kind of the new guys on the block. And so I really resonated with that underdog mentality. I've always felt like I've been a little bit of an underdog and I like those underdog stories. And so you know, from that point on, I started buying some of their products and then I really liked those products. And, but really when I think about why today I wear a lot of Under Armour and I'm so supportive of their brand and I don't buy any Nike stuff, I literally only buy Under Armour stuff. It really all kind of goes back to that connection that I have with the brand and not necessarily that their product is so much different. So uh, I'd encourage you to kind of think through that brand piece and some brands that you connect with and think through why you actually connect with them. And then as you start to think about your company and the values and the things that you stand for, um, those are things that people are going to connect with with you. And that works on a personal brand level as well as the company brand level. And so, uh, you know, values are one of those really important things, but also consistency. So if you forget about the company, then you lose a lot of that brand equity and, and some of that is lost. So you have to build that repetition into your marketing efforts. So if you're going to, you know, be present in a certain channel or a certain space, you want to be present there, you know, with some frequency, with some consistency. So um, as an example, if you're going to be on Facebook, be on Facebook, post there regularly, engage, ask questions. If you're going to sponsor an event or host, host an event, you know, do it regularly. Don't just do one event and go, oh, it didn't really work out. Or if you're going to do direct mail, do it regularly, do it consistently. And I think a lot of people bounce around to different marketing efforts and they kind of forget about that consistency piece of it. So um, I think that is one of the biggest things that changed kind of, kind of my tune towards branding um, was one, thinking about reasons why I buy. And it's not always because there was some like campaign that hit me at the right time. Uh, in a lot of instances, it's brand. All right, let's talk about another example. And again, I'll just use examples from my personal life and kind of people I follow and brands that I uh, connect with. And somebody that I follow regularly is The Rock. And I really connect with him for a number of reasons. But he uh, maintains a very like fit lifestyle. So he's active in the gym. He talks about that being his anchor for a lot of activities, um, you know, that he does. And if he doesn't have that, you know, time in the gym, then that kind of uh, nothing else tends to fall into place. And I, I resonate deeply with that. I also really like uh, his transformation story. So he started out, you know, he was broke, but then he got into wrestling. And that was kind of his first, you know, foray into you know, the scene, I guess, but then he evolved it. And now obviously is uh, a part of, you know, some of these huge blockbuster movies. Um, but he made that leap from, 
you know, wrestler to actor to kind of, um, you know, celebrity status. And I like that evolution. And so he's big on, you know, personal development, always pushing yourself and progressing. So those are things that I connect with personally and, and resonate with. Um, I got uh, lucky enough that those those two actually merged, you know, so The Rock and Under Armour actually formed a partnership. Um, but it kind of makes sense too, in a in a weird way is that, you know, some of their values, you know, overlapped. And so they obviously saw that kind of this personal brand, and this company brand, and they had a lot of similar values. And so they said, yeah, it makes sense to partner up, um, because they're similar there. So, um, but I like to use those two examples, because one is that personal brand side. And so, um, as you're thinking about your company and whether you're the owner of a company or you work within a company, your personal brand can be really powerful and it can enhance uh, the company and the direction you're going, but it also can open up opportunities for you at a personal level. And so, um, again, thinking about like what you stand for and maybe where that aligns with the company that you work with and what those values are um, and, and where you take a stance on or a stand. Um, and kind of drawing that line. And so the goal isn't necessarily to appeal to everybody. Uh, if you think about, you know, there's typically kind of a number one and a number two in a lot of industries like uh, Coke and Pepsi. Um, probably you could argue Nike and Under Armour, Nike would be the big guy. And so um, not all brands, the, the goal isn't to appeal to everybody. It's to take a stand and then you're going to kind of push a bunch of people away. But the people that are drawn into you, they really are drawn in and they have that deeper connection. So branding has been at the top of my mind, at least for the last couple of years, and it, it really goes back to those values, which I've been talking about. And so we've got some very um, defined core values here at Builder Funnel. And if you don't have core values defined for your company, I would argue that, that would be a really good uh, next step to take. And kind of an action item from this episode is to think through um, core values. And and don't just make them up and put them as this list and throw them on the wall and say, hey, these are our core values. But try to think about the things that you're actually already doing or the things you actually already live by and then just pull those out. And those uh, should start to become apparent or at least a few things. And then that way you're making sure that you're actually living by those core values. And when you live by them, then people start to get connected to them because they're not going to get connected to them just reading them off a list on your website. They're going to get connected to them when they feel it, you know, and so this podcast that we started is actually a big part of um, our core values. One of our core values is to always be learning. And so that's one of the reasons we bring on a bunch of guests is, yes, it's for you as the listener, but it's also for us. We're learning, we're learning from these guests that we bring on. Um, but then the other aspect is that uh, to always be teaching. And so um, this podcast allows us to teach and give back um, to, to everybody listening and to share that knowledge. And so um, think about some of the things that you do within your company. And again, try to see if you can pull out those core values and start to figure out what they are. And you, you don't need a set number of them. It could be three, it could be five, it could be 10. Um, that's not the point. The point is really things that you live by, things that you represent and things that you stand for. All right, so let's talk about a few activities that could be considered branding activities. And so once you've kind of got your core values defined, what your brand stands for, uh, what your mission is, all those types of things, then you can start sharing that with the world. And so 
social media is a great place to get started. You know, you can share things about your culture. You can share things about what you're doing. You can actually share what your core values are and then share an example of how you live by that every you know, day or week or month, whatever that may be. Um, email is a great way to elevate your brand. So I always think about um, the email that I get and I get a lot of email. I'm sure a lot of you guys get a ton of email too. And most of it is annoying. You just delete it. But there are a few emails that I read very regularly. And that's because the content is very relevant to me. It's helpful to me and it's good stuff. Um, but then I am basically on the receiving end of a branding effort by that company or that individual. So they're always in front of me, whether that's weekly or monthly, uh, sometimes daily. I get some emails daily, um, which maybe seems like overkill, but if the content's good enough, I pretty much open every single one of those or you know, at least a few times a week. And so they're getting a lot of time with me and that brand equity builds up the more time that I spend with them. And so uh, actually this podcast is a good example um, videos are a great example. So if you're creating video or audio content and people are watching it uh, or they're listening to you, they're spending time with your brand or with you personally for your personal brand. And the more time somebody spends with you or your company, then you're building that brand equity. And if there's a competitor in the picture or they're doing research and they bump into a bunch of other companies and you've just got more time with them, then your trust is elevated and the confidence they have in you and your company is elevated just by nature of them being more comfortable with you because they spent more time with you. So it's this very interesting dynamic. And I think about the, the really big, big brands, you know, you think about Coke or Nike or Amazon, they've built a lot of time with you over repetitions of commercials, 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 commercials. And if you think about it, you know, it's a lot of 30 seconds that adds up to be minutes, hours, even days worth of your time that you've probably experienced their brand and, uh, you know, imagery or visuals or an emotional connection. And so um, think about that as you're producing, you know, marketing assets and producing marketing campaigns that some of those will provide a, an immediate result. You can send an email and you can get people to click and register for an event, an open house, a seminar, um, a phone call. But they can also click and read a blog post or watch a video and now they're spending some time with you. And if they're getting value or education or even some comedy out of that, then they're spending some time with your brand and that can be really, really valuable. Hey guys, just a quick announcement before we get to the rest of today's episode. We've been getting a ton of feedback on our done for you social media program. Now, if social media has been a frustration of yours or you feel like you're not posting enough, this is the perfect solution for you. And as a listener of the podcast, we've got a special promotion going on right now. So just head over to remodelersocialmedia.com and use the code radio at the checkout. So if you want to get more engagement and more people finding you on platforms like Facebook and Instagram, hit pause really quick and check out remodelersocialmedia.com and use the code radio at checkout. All right, back to the show. All right, so the next thing I want to introduce is kind of a, um, I don't know if it's a wacky idea, but it's an idea that's a little more progressive. And in today's day and age, I think a lot of us have a really, really powerful opportunity in front of us. And that is to start thinking of yourself as a media company. And this is something that we've been doing for several years now, and we're continuing to accelerate this process. And so let me give you an example. You know, uh, it, 
typically media would be things like TV, radio, you know, these big broadcast stations. Well, now with the internet, you actually have the power to create your own TV station, YouTube. Uh, you have the power to create your own radio station, a podcast, just like this one that you're listening to now. And you actually have the power to create your own newspaper, and that's your blog. You can create articles. And so the idea is that you want to become the go-to resource or an educational resource for your customers. Why would they want to come back to your YouTube channel, your podcast, your website where you have your blog. And that's because you're providing really good, helpful information, information that's going to help them learn more about building a home, remodeling a home. Uh, and so it's a big decision for them and they have lots of questions. And if your website, your media properties, so to speak, um, have all the answers, then they're going to be spending all that time with you on your website, gathering information. And so uh, I think as we move forward, that is going to be a huge differentiator for a lot of companies is actually kind of uh, taking control of that message. And I think with great power comes great responsibility. You have to deliver, you know, accurate information. You want to deliver really good information, the best information you can. And as you do that, I think what you'll find is that your trust is elevated. Your brand is elevated and people start coming to you. Not everyone's going to be a perfect customer, but you're going to have a wave of people that are consuming your content. And so the opportunities to actually, you know, sell a home, sell a remodeling project are going to be enormous. And so this idea of becoming a media company and, uh, and being the producer of this content, uh, I think is one that's going to be super powerful moving forward. And you can take this to another level too and convert that to in-person things. So hosting seminars or events and again, building those as educational events where people can come and learn, but then you're building that personal connection, you know, when they actually show up in person versus just seeing you over a screen or, or uh, you're in their ears, you know, when they're listening to something over audio. Um, and so the key with all of this, that what I've found is to be consistent be helpful and just add a lot of value. And uh, sometimes we worry about giving away too much information or we'll give away all our secrets. And, you know, to me, that's a little bit silly because your competitors already know everything that you're doing, you know, so it's not like you're giving them any new information. And so it's funny because if you're the one that puts something out in the world, like, hey, the average uh, kitchen remodel cost in Frisco, Texas is $50,000 and it can range from, you know, 20,000 to 120,000, but the average is 50. Well, all your competitors know that they kind of know the pricing or, you know, that know the range. They know why it might be on the high end because of finishes or square footage. They know why it might be on the low end, cheap labor or shoddy products or whatever it is. And so really you're not uh, giving anything away to them, but now the consumers, the people that read this information, go, wow, oh, that's super helpful. And suddenly they trust you. And then your competitors are sitting there going, well, well, of course that's the range. Like everybody knows that, but not everybody knows that. Your consumers don't know it. It's normal knowledge to you, but it's expert knowledge to them. So by sharing your, what we would think of as normal knowledge, you're actually sharing expert knowledge and you're becoming that thought leader and that expert in their mind. So super, super powerful. So as you start thinking about, you know, marketing and branding for 2020, this is how I think about it is you should have a mix of both. So we should have some branding efforts, some things that we're 
being consistent in, maybe it's not always possible to track a direct return back to it, you know, but you start to see and feel it because somebody will go, oh, yeah, um, you know, I, I've seen you around or they start saying some general things like that where you're starting to notice that, okay, what I'm doing is working. Maybe I don't know the exact thing that triggered the first touch and maybe you don't even know the last touch, but you know they have a bunch of touches with your brand along the way and that what you're doing is having an impact. But then you should have things that are very trackable and measurable too. So campaigns, anything through digital is very trackable all the way down to the customer level. And so those things you can be experimenting with, um, testing, you know, running those campaigns and getting feedback. Hey, we spent X dollars and we got Y revenue. Do we want to do that campaign again? Should we tweak the campaign or should we totally scrap it and try something else? And there is that level, you know, a certain level of testing uh, with marketing and that's okay, but it's only okay if you're able to measure it and that's the only way you can really test it. So I, I would say as you're planning that, you know, 2020 plan for a mix of some branding efforts as well as some direct trackable marketing campaigns. All right, so to close this out for today, what really changed my tune on branding was, again, I read this book and it really kind of opened my eyes to um, kind of this idea of the bigger you get, the bigger you get. And it's, um, you know, basically the more exposure you have, then it leads to more exposure and it just kind of is this snowball. But then I also started to see some things personally, especially with our email, our blog content and this podcast. So um, I've gotten emails from people that say, hey, you know, I've been getting your stuff for a while and it's been super helpful and maybe they've been following us for two years and then they eventually sign up as a customer. Um, or I'll see people at shows and they say, hey, I've been getting your podcast, really love the material, it's been super helpful in my business. And some of those people will go on to become customers and some people don't. Um, but I think what's been interesting to me is that you know, they recognize our company as a resource for them and it's something that's actually helping them, it's helping them grow their businesses and so we're becoming a focal point for them. And I've had people um, that just consume our material and they do that for years and years and years and they just get a ton of value out of it for free. That's awesome. Uh, and then we also have people where I've had somebody, they've literally received our emails and followed our stuff for three years and they said, hey, I'm ready to go. And so I'm only sharing this with you guys because I want you to do the same with your marketing efforts, your personal brand. I think it would be great if somebody followed your content for two years and then they said, you know what? I'm finally ready to remodel my kitchen and I've been getting all your awesome stuff. I see your videos. I see your project photos. You know, you guys do amazing work. Uh, I learned about pricing and the process from you guys and how long it takes. And so by the time they actually talk to you, they don't have that many questions because you've already addressed them all through all of your content. And so uh, I think a big part of this uh, concept of becoming the media company, becoming super helpful and giving away a lot of good information is that you're going to attract a lot of people today that aren't ready, but you're going to be able to stay in touch with them for years, months, whatever it may be until they're actually ready. And then you've built your future pipeline and that's super, super cool. So um, anyway, that's why I share some of these personal examples of what we've started to see because we try to be our own best case study for this stuff. We try to test things for ourselves. We try to jump into new territories and then test the waters and see if it works and then share it with you guys. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this one. Again, um, I used to think branding was just kind of this uh, fluffy thing that you talk about or just big companies um, kind of embrace branding. But I've really started to see how powerful it can be on a smaller company level or even a local level. And so I'd encourage you guys to think about that as well. 
Um, and again, as you're planning for 2020, I'd recommend you know having some things that you're going to be consistent from 2019 to 2020. Those might be some branding efforts, and then also have some strategic marketing campaigns as well. So, hope you guys really enjoyed this episode on branding versus marketing, and how the two can work together, and how you can leverage both. And we will see you next week on Builder Funnel Radio. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to Builder Funnel Radio. I know there are a lot of podcast choices out there, so it really means a lot to me that you choose this as one you either subscribe or listen to regularly. Now, before we part ways for today, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you got some value out of today's episode, please either leave us a review or share this with a friend. We're really working on building a community of construction professionals that wanna treat their customers right, they wanna run profitable businesses, and create more jobs in our economy. So leaving a review or sharing it with a friend really helps us build that community, and we'd really, really appreciate it. All right, guys, that's all I've got for today. So we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio.